Hey, you, two minutes for looking so good. You look fantastic. I'm calling a penalty on you for how good you look. Uh-oh. Did you hear this news? Tim Peel's career as an NHL referee is over. Over. After the Canadian's voice was picked up on a TV mic saying he wanted to call a penalty against the Nashville Predators. It wasn't much, but I wanted to get a f- penalty against Nashville early in the... Ooh, ooh, that's the hot mic issue. The NHL determined that it was indeed Peel's voice that was heard on the television. You don't actually see him when you hear that, just seeing some play. It was a broadcast as the Predators played against the Red Wings. Uh, Nashville forward had uh, been issued a minor tripping penalty five minutes into the second period. The Predators won 2 nothing. They were called four penalties compared with three for the Red Wings. Every hockey fan in the world knows that this is what happens, right? You call a penalty against that team, and then quid pro quo. Oh, look, it's a penalty for the other team. It's just that... <laughs> It, it's just that Tim Peel got caught with a hot mic saying it, and he has been tossed, gone. Now, if you're asking yourself, when is it that I will be able to go back to an arena and actually vent my spleen and a little spittle, perhaps, at a bad call by a ref? When will that happen? Well, of course, we're all getting vaccinated. Hopefully, you're going to get vaccinated soon. So is it possible that we might be able to go back in stadiums by the fall, by early next year? Do you even feel comfortable with that kind of idea? Shoulder to shoulder with the great unwashed, everybody screaming at the top of their lungs? That makes me nervous. Is it possible that the entire experience of sports will change going forward and for a long time coming out of the pandemic, even past the point when the pandemic is over. Well, my next guest has just an absolutely fascinating title. Laurel Walzak is associate professor at Ryerson University and the director of something called the Global Experiential Sports Lab. Welcome to the program. What is that, Laurel? Hi. Well, good to, to talk to you today. Well, the, the Global Experiential Sport Lab, we actually call it the GXS Lab. And this is where we do research, but also where we intersect it with industry. So it's not just amongst the academic circles. We actually can apply it to what's going on in the, the field of sport. So as we look forward, as the pandemic hopefully winds down and people start to get back out there, what's your prediction about what sports will be like for the common sports fan, you know, later this year and into next year? Well, definitely it's going to look different as it already does. I don't foresee it going back to what we knew was normal before COVID hit now about a year ago. And, you know, there's obviously going to have to be a lot of, uh, first of all, we got to get the, the, the games back in Toronto. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of teams that are still playing that are playing in the U.S. in their somewhat of their bubbles. So that's the first part. The second then is to be able to get some fans back into the stands slowly but surely. And, you know, this is going to be a big part of it, the safety, the vaccines. You know, do we wear masks? What information do we still know? I know that there's obviously an appetite to get back into the stands for a number of reasons. One, a revenue perspective and also to continue to engage with the fan base. 
However, I do think sport is doing a really good job right now at engaging with the fan at home virtually and, and digitally. And I think that that's a positive that's come out of this unfortunate pandemic. With the rise in technology and, you know, the rollout of 5G and things like, um, you know, be able to use virtual reality perhaps to be able to sit in a, in a stand or at least simulate the uh, the feel of being in a stand, do you see technology moving in and, and replacing um, some of that in-person experience in the next couple of years? I'm not sure if it's going to, I would use the word replace, but maybe enhance. So I don't think it could ever experience the in-person experience. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, if you've ever been to a NASCAR race, uh, there's something about going to NASCAR and hearing the sounds and smelling the fuel and the tire and the rubber, burning rubber and that sort of thing. So those experiences, I don't think that you can replace them. But, uh, the, yes, I, I definitely see the the virtual side and also the, you know the idea and I think one organization the Charlotte Hornets as an example is doing really well is bringing the fan experience in home. I'd like to caveat though that with that there's you know when we think about let's say hockey or uh, basketball here in Toronto just alone you know there's not that many tickets that are being sold to hmm. to the the audience. So yeah, I mean, try it, getting a ticket to a Leaf game. Go ahead. Exactly. Right there, I would say, I don't know the percentage, but more than 50%, if not higher, and I'm assuming a lot higher, those tickets are taken. So there's a very, very small percentage that's sold to the the the, the, uh, the fan. And so we'll, this is sort of interesting because there's so many, that, that such a high percentage was always at home or somewhere else. And I think that's the other part. So going to a bar or going to your friends or going to a destination where you can watch sports together, that's being you know missed and needs to somehow be replicated. That can't be replaced. But also, that's only a percentage of the fan base. So when we think about fan typologies, there's a certain fan that likes to not have to go out and socialize when they watch their game. They want to be with their stats. They want to be with the scores. They want to be with the percentages. You know, the rise of online sport betting, the rise of sport fantasy in the increase is phenomenal. And this is actually, this is where maybe you could say is replacing a little bit, but more likely enhancing. So you're seeing sort of a divergent path here that you're seeing an enhancement of, of those that want a, a more immersive experience. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I, just wondering... Like, does that, there are some that predict that that one day and not too far in the future will be more valuable, more market cap to that than the actual sports leagues themselves. Ooh, that's interesting. So, well, you, you, we are seeing it, let's say, just with streaming and let's say DAZN. You know, DAZN is a live and on-demand streaming platform where, they actually last year were able to hit their numbers financially and, and they, they were struggling at the beginning, of course, with no live sport, but then being able to go on demand and provide streaming of, of, of even North American sports or any other sport around the world. I mean, this is, this is definitely a distribution model that needs to be looked at, but I, 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 yes, of course, some of these organizations, these, uh, these distribution companies, the virtual, the technology side are, doing very well. I mean, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Instagram Live, those are those platforms 
we also saw an increase in usage in engagement with fans uh, during uh, right now, currently, and, and during the first year of COVID. So the reach and the impact that it's able to have. Plus, also, if you take into consideration why fans are also going there, athletes were taking to those platforms more than ever before. So they're, they're, the athlete advocacy last year and, and getting really involved in, in more social justice movements is, is also part of taking place and, and replacing maybe some of the, the more traditional type stories that perhaps would have been told in sport if COVID didn't happen. It's certainly fascinating. It's going to take a, a while to kind of shake down and get a, a sense of what the new reality will be. Laurel Walzak is the Associate Professor and Director of the Global Experiential Sports Lab at Ryerson. Thank you so much for coming on today. Great. Thank you for having me.